0: Episode 909 of the Too Thick Pod, your home for all things sports, cards, levity. I am Jeremy, joined as always by Manny and apparently Courtney's on all the time. And before I kick it over to you, Manny, when we got the first deal from Fanatics and they inked us on a two-year, $1.2 million deal, we thought, how are we going to allocate these funds? And we Ooh. thought, what a better way to use the money than to fly Courtney around the country and go and review shows for us. So Without further ado, I'll turn it over to you, but uh, how you doing, my son?
1: <laughs> good, how are you? And Yes, that's the best marketing that we could possibly do, It's just send Courtney to all these big shows. She markets way better than any of like us two would ever do at a show. She was rocking the Too Thick shirt one day. I see pictures everywhere of Courtney with the Too Thick shirt. It was good. We need to send her to more, next Dallas. Yeah,
0: I, I would be absolutely terrible for it, because they'd be like, hey, are you from Too Thick? And I'd be like, who's asking? What do you want to know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I wouldn't be beaming with pride owning owning that. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: <laughs> we we're getting a. I don't know if Hell Mary told you, but he's he's working some thickalo shirts up for uh, the national where it's got like a thickalo, and then the back it says Hail Mary and stuff like that. So pretty I think that's awesome. That. Yeah. <laughs> so I uh,
2: I I'm definitely gonna make some thickalo t-shirts too i like, I'm here for that. Uh, you should have named this episode 90210, episode 90210 since I was in California.
0: Um, so, uh, this is often lost on people, and most people don't know this. The beginning of every episode, the number has some sort of meaning. So, if you went back to trees, it was probably episode 420.
2: 420.
0: <laughs> episode, episode 909 is the area code of Ontario, California. Is it
2: really no Home
0: of the show. So before you talk shit and trying to tell me what I should do, you need to pick up a fucking science book and educate yourself, Chet. Oh, there's a South Park reference in there that most young people won't get. But hey, my game is tight. When you guys are on here bullshitting, talking about how great you guys are and how how much I suck, I'm working. I'm grinding in the lab.
2: You're ridiculous. So.
0: I know.
1: He's 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 always on the pedestal. He's looking. We're looking up at him, right? Always. That's
0: gonna make for a fun day, though, when people now go back and try to understand what the episodes mean and the numbers. They're like yeah. little
1: Easter eggs.
0: Well, you weren't going. You were not telling anybody.
1: Well, no, you
0: did. C- Courtney put me in a spot where I was forced to defend myself, <laughs> I'm, and I'm wired a certain way. When I'm put in certain situations, there is no like. I stick to it. Like that's just that's who I am as a as a person. Oh. <laughs> so so Courtney,
1: Ontario, California. I thought when I was looking at everyone's. Uh, you know, IG and it said, welcome to Ontario. I was like, that doesn't sound like the Burbank show. I'm I can't like,
2: tell you how many times that I went to say Ontario, California. And I said, Ontario, Canada, like yeah. so many times I'm like, California. Yeah.
1: How was, how was the area? I guess, how was being in California? I know it was your first so, time. Being there.
2: It was my first time going to California. Everyone was super nice. Uh, you know, it was real, the funniest thing about it was everyone that like lived there, um, you know like i talked to stephanie from mama breaks and like mm-hmm. uh mark from uh, ultimate pastime it was like it was really funny because they made a point of being like this is in la this is in la and i feel like everyone from chicago like when someone says that they like live in like harvard illinois and they're like oh chicago suburb like that's not that's not chicago and yeah. like people from like when people from canton say they're from detroit people are like that's not detroit so it was, it, it kind of was that vibe where like everyone, they're like, I just want you to know that this is not LA. It takes an hour to get to LA from here, at least. LA. I'm like, L-A. I'm like okay. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't even know where the, where I'm at. Like I, I realized while I was there that I know, I don't know shit about California. I don't know like. Where things are, they're like, oh, San Francisco Bay or like Napa. I'm like, I know Napa's north. I'm like, San Francisco is like on the coast. I'm like, I don't know where shit is. Like, I don't. I'm like a complete dullard when it comes to like California geography. <laughs> I'm <laughs> like, I like, I literally landed here. I'm like, I couldn't point on a map where in California I currently am. I just know that there's a mountain. There was like a mountain when I got off the airplane. I was like, damn, that's like a real ass mountain with like snow caps on top. (laughs) I'm like, I've been in like the Appalachian Mountains and like, you know, the Georgia and that and like, you know, on the east. Those are like baby hills compared to like an actual mountain with like snow on the top. So for me, that was like super cool because I landed. When I left Detroit, it was like cold and snowing. And I landed in California, it was like 80, it was like almost 80 degrees and there was like a mountain. I'm like, this is fantastic. This is significantly better than where I was this morning (laughs) as far as, like, climate and beauty.
1: That's all. Well, you didn't explain your plane trip about a guy, the guy in the back.
2: Oh, my God. So, I get (laughs) – it was an adventure. So, so it was, like, Monday that we decided – i was I, I kept being like oh i wish i was going to burbank i wish i was going to burbank and jeremy's like do you want to go i'm like oh if you're not going i don't want to go and he's like well if you want to go i'm like okay i'm like i'll go and then
0: we <laughs> the just <gorgeous> stroke out <laughs> I, don't,
2: sorry. Oh, sorry, I was reading a comment <laughs> like, I, <was> reading... <laughs> I got distracted um so, no. So- Court doesn't
0: do comments, man. Her head will just explode and she'll forget where she's at.
2: Okay. So, I land. So, I, so we booked the flights, but I had to do a layover. And uh, and I didn't realize this about myself, but since I've been with Jeremy, I've become super fucking bougie and, like, an elitist, I guess. Because yep. I am used to direct flights. I don't like layovers. It makes me feel anxious. And then, on my, like, the second leg of my trip, this man just gets up. And like, he's like a few rows ahead of me and he just stands and he faces the back of the plane and just stares at the back of the, like standing in his row and he's just staring at me. God damn it. He's staring at me. Like, I just, I had the back of the plane being real creepy and I'm like, I can't deal with this. And now I went off this plane, but so I landed and the show was already going. Stop with that. (laughs)
0: Look at, you know, there's an option that you can put the user on timeout.
2: (laughs) So I landed and I had to go right directly from the airport. I got to my hotel and then I went from my hotel right to the show. It was like immediate because the show was already going and I knew I was only going to be there Friday and Saturday. And I was on a mission with Mm -hmm. this show. So I was just right directly there. Um, And it was a great show. Like. It was a great show. It was a totally different vibe for me than what I'm used to at shows too. So I was a very like Friday was very stressful. I was super stressed out on Friday. Yes, great story. There were mountains.
1: No, so what so because we saw a lot of content. I didn't make
2: here. any content on Friday yeah, yeah. at
1: exactly. all. <laughs> and you yell at Jeremy and I when we go to card shows and not yes. make a single content. And I was like, I saw everyone. I saw, you know, the elitists make their content all the way down to like the single followers. And I was like, stuff. On, I did a
2: lot of content on Saturday, Friday. I did nothing. So my, I was going to. The show to buy, like buy cards for resale, which I don't. That's not what I like to do. Jeremy and I talk a lot about like what our like passions are within the hop like within the hobby. My passion lies solely in collecting. I don't, and and there are times that I do plays, but it's something that I've researched that I like go into. Like I'm going looking for this specific card or this player, and this is why. This show, Jeremy's like, if you're going to Burbank, I want you to be buying. Like, here's, like, a grip of cash. These are the kinds of cards I want you to buy. But, like, not, like, anything specific. He's not like, I want a Luka Doncic rookie, this particular card, blah, blah, blah. He's like, this is, like, a wide range of cards that I want. That is nothing that I typically would look at or want to buy or be interested in. So I get to the show and (laughs) – Stop talking. I'm turning <laughs> out. I'm not looking at the chat anymore. So I turned it off. So um <laughs> so, goddamn it. So I get there and I start and I start like I just went diligently from table to table I'm talking to the vendors I'm talking to like the people walking the show I'm looking at every case and there wasn't a lot of like dollar boxes because everybody's kind of like coming in so you have like the local people that had some dollar boxes and Burbank had a huge setup with like lots of like value boxes but it was basically most people had one or two tables and they had cases and they were renting cases and they had like really nice cards and that was it. So I'm going from table to table to table, and I thought I had a mission, so I'm sending pictures of these cards to Jeremy, and, like, every card that I'm finding that I'm like, this could be one, like, that met what I thought was the criteria that he had given me, he's, like, giving me thumbs down on every like, nope, 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 nope. So by, like, an hour into the show, I was convinced, convinced, nobody threw any basketballs, I was convinced that I'm, like, the worst at cards. I'm quitting. I'm never going to buy another card for the rest of my life. I felt like Manny. I was, like, unable to make any decisions. I'm, like, now I know how Manny feels. I'm I'm never going to give Manny shit ever again for not being able to, like, finish a deal. And I am never going to give Jeremy shit for not making content at a show. Because when you're, like, trying to buy and you're, like, working – it is so much different than, like, my happy ass when I go to shows and I'm, like, looking at the cards and be like, oh, PC, and oh, I'm going to rip this wax here. and I'm going to have, like, the best time ever. It was a totally different experience for me. And I felt very stressed out. So Friday was, like – I have like thousands, literally thousands of pictures of cards in my phone from the show. Like I could probably show everyone every card that was there because I'm taking videos of everyone's display cases. I'm taking pictures. I'm doing comps. I have like screenshots of comps that I'm looking up. It was there was so much there. And as fat, here's the thing: when people are talking about whether or not like sales are good in the hobby or whether or not the hobby's dead or alive. The last two shows that I have been to, cards were flying. People are buying. They have their prices right. It's like the market has corrected and people have accepted it. And now they're pricing cards accordingly. And things are still good. Like the market still, it's, you know, if you were buying at the peak, maybe you feel like a different way. But at this point, I would walk up to a table. I'd look at a card that I like. I walk outside to like comp it. And then by the time I came back, it would be sold. I did, I did not try to fight c I did see him, but I didn't get a chance to chat. With him. This is the second show. What, what,
0: what about dancing? Was dam- dancing an option? Yeah.
2: Uh, I, I did um want to have a dance battle with c but I just, I didn't have the opportunity. And maybe next time. So this is me officially challenging c to a dance battle at Mint, if you would or like Mint. to have one.
0: I hate to go whip the other kid's ass. He's going to come over and whip your ass in a dance battle. Yep. <laughs> so this was this was crazy for us because it was truly like Monday Courtney's like I could tell she was catching a little bit of FOMO and I'm like well why don't you go and then she does the uh yeah but you know the house will burn down if I'm not here you know you won't get dressed that sort of thing Mm -hmm. which obviously is playing into the fact that I have to show you that I'm a better mother than you where I will absolutely freak it so the whole time is like I'm go to chase get as much cash get more cash, get more cash. She's like, I can't carry any more cash. I'm like, you need more cash. The cash. ATM was like, coordinate. fuck you.
2: You can't take any more out. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we get there and she's like sending me and I'm like, you don't have to send me anything. You know what to do. You don't need me to like, yay or nay it. Just like trust your gut and go with it. The only thing I would say is like in a, an environment like that, if you feel overwhelmed and somebody's being pushy, just take a deep breath, walk away, come back. You know, we've done that numerous times where we'll leave a show, go grab lunch, come back. Um, cool your head but the thing that I thought was funny and it's just like a side note so I've got like I'm on daddy duty right and she's three hours behind us so it's like nine o'clock our time six o'clock her time and I get the, the my bigs the teenagers they're gonna hang out with dad we're gonna watch a movie I put the phone down and my phone's like the ring the ring the ring the ring message after message I'm like hold on guys I started the movie I'm like hold on this is mom. and she said to me like 87 cards And she's like which one I'm like this, 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 boom, 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 boom. It was like an hour later, finally, I'm like, hey, guys, what movie do you want to watch? I just put something on, <laughs> and I worked through the movie.
2: So I just, I did, I've, I'm like, I am Manny. I cannot make a decision. I can't, um, I can't do anything, apparently. And I was like, I was like super stressed. But then Saturday, like, I regrouped, and I, I picked up some cards, and I was much happier with my ability to just do the damn thing. I just needed like I was also jet lagged. I think (laughs) I'm blaming jet lag on that.
0: (laughs) As
1: indecisiveness as jet lag, that's my. But no, it 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 (laughs) it it does help to like for the national right. I had Kaylee. She doesn't know cards, but I can explain to her. She knows money, and so (laughs) I can explain to her that this card was this. She knows data, so I'll just be like, okay, this was at this, and this could be at this price in three months. And she's like, you're going to hold it for three months. So she helps me make my decisions when she's with me. Unfortunately, she never goes to card shows with me. So it's kind of hard to make the decision. So now you kind of felt it like your significant other wasn't there with you um, to help with, it's just a suggestion. Like even when you guys are there, I'll ask Jeremy all the time, Hey, should I get this? And that's where I struggle. is like when cards come up to the table, and they look like decent decent cards. I usually will pass and let Jeremy get first like say on them because I don't know what to buy. So it kind of screws me, but oh well. I, so I feel if the-
2: they were people were buying and buying and buying. It, like it was there were was, there wasn't a single person that was like, Oh, I didn't sell. The one guy was like, he's like, the cards the show's been going on for like two hours and I've already sold like three grand in two hours. Wow.
0: So. that's where most people just don't, it, it's tough to grasp. It's like, that's where you make your money is on the buy. And you should have like some sort of game plan and stick to it. We were at the, uh, the Avery show a few weeks ago, Manny a guy came up and it was, it was pretty much a steal. He was just trying to get cash, but I'm like, I don't buy football right now. I'm like, if you have it in three weeks, Super Bowl's over. I'm about a week away from going hard into football and switching from baseball. And it's just, uh, kind of narrows what you're looking at as well. So I did kind of, like, say, hey, Court, uh, go pick up a cool card or two.
2: He did. Yeah. He did. Those, those, were the,
0: those were the parameters. A cool card or two.
2: <laughs> so I'm just – I don't know. I felt um, – you know, also, here's something that I feel like people don't talk about is when you're on the – like, I'm very used to when I'm buying cards, I'm always on the dealer side of the table. And I feel like there is a power dynamic between being on the buyer side and being on, on the dealer's side. So – I'm like walking up there was this guy he we he had a card I wanted. I went back and forth with this guy all day on Friday and then Saturday morning, over $50. I like I did not want to come up $50 and he did not want to go down $50. And I ended up not buying that card and it was like I, I he sold it eventually for what he wanted, which was good for him, very happy that he did that because you know you want to see people selling their cards, but you are as the buyer you are uh, like the power dynamic is not in your favor because like if it's my card and I don't want to sell it for that much I'm holding it but Mm -hmm. if you're you know if you're looking to you know buy from a dealer and I don't know it was just it was it was a different vibe for me than what I'm used to because I'm used to being set up at the show having people bring me their cards they're trying to sell me and me being like, I'm going to pay this much and this and whatever and take it or leave it. Where at this, I'm walking around trying to like talk people, like negotiate with people. And I'm and I'm good. I I do okay with that. It was just, I wasn't like, I didn't have like, I, I should have gone into it with a better plan. I feel like.
0: Did you what? find yourself g- gravitating towards the dealers who you found to be friendly and, you know, more... You know, is it more chit chatty, or did you shy away from the people who were standoffish or treated you as such because you're abroad?
2: So, so two things. One, um, there were not any unfriendly buyers, uh dealers. I like where you go to shows and you see people sitting and acting miserable and like they don't want to be there. That was not. Everyone was like super excited to be there. Everyone was standing. Everyone was like, you know engaged and like having a good time there was music there you know tag was set up as like a sponsor and they had like the whole one backside with like like a guy like doing announcements um i i feel like honestly that was the only thing that i heard anyone complain about was that the microphone that that guy was using was so loud when he would talk you like you you couldn't hear yourself um and l- like that was the only criticism i heard the whole day was like i wish they'd turn that microphone down a little it's too loud <laughs>
0: What was, what was the deal with tag? They were just like squid game or what the hell was with those masks? Well,
2: that was their robots and they were going around and it was just like a promotional thing. It, It was really funny. I was with my friend Lauren and we were standing there with Jeremy Lee and he was kind of explaining to her about like tag and like what it was. And I'm like, oh, like let's go get a picture of you guys next to the robot. And so I go to take the picture. Well, she thought it was just a mannequin, and I, because she had only been there a Saturday, so I saw them Friday walking. Around. They were walking around giving away like free grading, and like they had a wheel that you could spin. So if you like talked to the robot and showed it that you like followed tag on Instagram, it was, they were giving away free things. So it was just like a promotional thing at the show. But the robot moved and scared her so bad. She like jumped because she thought it was a mannequin but it was you, cool
0: you tag and obviously the slabs look cool you know I think uh Jeremy is doing some work with them um what was the vibe of grading because you know I know Beckett just announced that they're doing tickets what, who was all set up grading on site what was the vibe what are you hearing yeah, only, about the grading companies?
2: In, only Beckett and um tag were grading on site I believe um the PSA line was so long the whole time that I was there that I'm actually not even 100% sure. I don't think that they were grading on site, but they were taking submissions.
0: Um, I know that they just I, – I do know that they were grading on site. Were they grading
2: on site? I yeah. couldn't get anywhere near the table because it was so – the line, the whole time, the line was so long at PSA that it was um, – that was the only one I didn't get to like really check out just because it was so crowded. Beckett also equally crowded, but they had a bigger space because I think they were also like a higher end sponsor. Um, PSA was kind of in the back corner, uh, not as much room Their Their setup was still really big compared to like other setups, but not as big as say, Beckett and Tag had the biggest they had Tag had like the whole one side and and then the middle there was like another really big they were like the main sponsor and I have to say one thing that I really liked about them because I did talk with them for a while um was that they are really specific about what they will grade they're like certain cards they won't they're not doing any older cards certain authentications for like uh like autographs and stuff, they're just they're staying in their lane. And I feel like they're just slowly moving forward with what what they're gonna do. And I I find that really respectable because you see a lot of these newer companies that are grading that are coming out and they're just like, oh, we'll take everything. And then they're authenticating stuff that isn't, you know, it's like a like they don't know what they don't know. So you in and, and I think it's really important to like note the tags like this is what we're gonna do and this is what we're not gonna do. And we're gonna, you know, slowly add stuff because they don't have people grading the cards. It's it's all like technology. Um, and Jeremy Lee made a like a, a big point about that. He's like, there's no like people doing the grading. It's all like this the systems.
0: I think that's it's it's a, a very sound game plan because I think one thing HGA did uh, where they kind of shot themselves in the foot is like they took on stuff and it's it's hard to build credibility when you're the new guy on the block and there wasn't real like a real big introduction to the grader. So it's not like you snagged one of these high end graders to like, you know, establish or help, you know, vet the fact that you're capable of grading said cards. So it's refreshing to hear. And hopefully, you know how I am. I'm a big proponent of competition in the marketplace because ultimately, ultimately it yields great results for all of us. Was SGC there? SGC. Yes.
2: SGC was there. C- CGS was there, they, their booth was super fun. The people there were super, it was, you know what it was? It was, everyone was really excited to be there. And all the grading companies, I didn't really talk to SGC either. I briefly spoke with them. Um, CSG, they had a very large booth. They had their graders on site were like reviewing cards and explaining to people how their their you know, how it worked. And you can um, submit cards with them too. Uh, they would, like, we walked up with a couple cards that uh, my friend wanted to grade and the the grader was like, I'll look at them, I'll tell you if these are worth grading. So, it was cool to see that they were, like, really engaging with people and um, they were trying to, like, it felt more uh, Mm user-friendly. It felt more young. It didn't feel like a bunch of, like, older, like, old hat people just being, like, this card's crap and your card. It was, like, they were really excited for people and you could see that like in the youthfulness of the employees in the like exuberance that they were having for the hobby and the cards, it was, it was really nice to see.
1: So these, these cards are graded through, they're not human. There's, there can't be human for error. Right? Yeah. For that's,
2: I think that's part of the reason why they can't really do vintage because you have to have a human because how is a computer going to look at a, like a, a, you know, a Jordan or a, a Fleer Jordan or like, a you know, they I had a uh, OJ Simpson rookie. They're like, we can't grade that because there's copies of those. And as much as a computer can do, it can't be like, it can look at the surface. It can look at, it can measure into like, you know, billionths of a degree what the centering is on a card, but it can't be like, this is a fake. It just mm-hmm. can't. So you need, you need to have humans for that still. And because they're really relying, it seems like on their technology to do the grading, it makes sense that they're like, yeah, we're not, well, this isn't our lane. This isn't what we're doing. And we're not going to do that.
0: Was HGA and rare edition there?
2: Rare edition was, I did not see HGA. Rare edition was there. I actually, so this sounds like I'm like, uh, like being paid. I love the rare edition slabs. I love them. I think they're beautiful. I will definitely be grading my PC cards with rare edition because I like the way they look now for resale. I don't know. Like I have no opinion on that. I don't know what the like long-term value of, it seems like they do pretty well for like the um, TCG cards and the star Wars cards really look fabulous in them. Um, So like super ultra modern and like non-sports cards seem to be like really people are leading into that. I personally submitted two of my cards with, them this when i was there um i did my, the andy friedman uh card that he signed for me at culture collision and then a sketch 11 card from tops with an autograph from the artist as well so two fully pc cards that i will not be reselling uh because i like the way the slabs look I, they're beautiful and the company the guy who owns it is like incredibly nice he yes and none of these have the PC, but. Where it says 9.5 on there, if it's a PC item, they they it, it says PC authentic, and that's it. There's no grades. They're made of the same material that – like the same glass, that gorilla glass that your cell phone is made out of. And you see the black, um, like, casing around it. That comes with it when you buy it. It comes with one of those slab protectors. So I just feel like it they, – they feel – heavy they're bougie they feel nice and I really like them uh, and I think for a PC collection that would be the one that I would go with unless it was like I, I still I don't think I don't know if I would do sports cards with them just because I don't think the return is there hi Erica but I don't have a problem with them as like as far as the PC and they are beautiful they're beautiful slabs and TC, you know tag the slabs are really nice looking as well they're just, I feel like people are the, the expectation of slabs is going up. Like, they, people want them to look nice and expensive modern. and not cheap, not, mo- yes, much more modern. And yeah. if you're paying all that money for a slab, I want it, I don't want to be able to like bend it and break it in my hands. And you certainly cannot with the like the tag and the uh, the rare edition slabs.
1: Well, it makes sense because when you're paying for like a case on your phone, that ranges for like 30. 30- to 50 bucks, 60 bucks, and you're paying that for grading. So you kind of want that same type of, you know, material. That said it was bulletproof. Um, I don't know how they test that. That's crazy. Uh,
0: <laughs> but- probably, you should probably shoot it would be my guess. <laughs> you think
2: so? They told me that somebody yeah. drove over it with their car <laughs> yeah. and it yeah. cracked. It like, it like did the, like where it breaks the slab a little bit, but the card was still completely intact and they drove and they drove over it. So
0: what's good, Evan? What's up,
2: Evan? I have so,
0: a let me ask you this: We mm-hmm. talked about grading. What was popular? What was moving? What were the cards that everybody was chasing?
2: So it was a lot of football. Everybody had all of you know. I everyone had all of their Mahomes and their Hurts and their you know. It was Super Bowl Sunday. People were hyped about the game. They were there was a lot of football moving, and which I thought was weird because like football is high right Mm -hmm. now because but then you know people were buying the like the teams where you know i saw a lot of fields cards for like super cheap so that was i was like oh i'm like no i'm not buying these today well that's i I
0: I am right there with you hail mary i say we buy all the slabs and that's good content right there we just shoot them
2: just shoot them see which ones survive i have a feeling well We'll have, we'll have we'll have Dan T come over and just shoot him for us
1: yeah, there we go I <laughs> I have a theory because uh Jeremy and kind of and us were kind of talking about this because you know how Jeremy said he was staying away from football uh at the um Avery show mm-hmm. maybe because you you're on the dealer end maybe instead of that you actually are buying football when it's hype right now because they're easy to kind of sell right we're I was stuck in a position where soccer for me is hard to sell because no one really watched it. I only
2: wanted soccer. That was rough. Yeah. At the show because yeah. I brought soccer with me and then like nobody was interested in the soccer at all.
0: Yeah, cuz you had to get over by LAFC Gooner and that little crew of circle uh, soccer people. Yep. You know <laughs> what I mean? I
2: you want you don't want to you want to buy your football so that when it's hyped you can sell it during the hype. You never buy during the hype. That's Because that's going to be the height of – you know, Mahomes cards are rough because they are already – like the prices on Mahomes cards at this show were as if he had already won the Super Bowl, and he hadn't yet. So anyone who bought this weekend thinking that, like, oh, I'm going to buy this Mahomes card if he wins the Super Bowl tomorrow, this card is going to be worth more. They're not. They're not worth any more because that – like, he's already – it's, like, cooked in already. It's like, oh, this card is – he's he's going to be another Super Bowl. He won the MVP. It isn't – like, you. there's no room for any extra money on these cards. Unless you're, buying,
1: unless you're buying at a good deal because some people just want cash, right? And they got in when the market was low. They're trying to sell high. But even if they take a 70 – But
2: was Mahomes' market ever really
1: low? No, I'm just saying like in general football. Like Lolo. His, his was yeah, his he, he was didn't low. he
0: didn't play at all his first season. Nobody thought of him as anything. They were on the okay, so Mitch maybe Trubisky like, hype train.
2: Um initial. Like initial. I just mean in the last like couple of years.
0: Evan, what's good? We will be set up at Shipshawana. And I think we're gonna do like an impromptu trade night the night before, just beyond all the Mennonites and the Amish folks. Uh-huh. They're the closest <laughs> Hilton <laughs> the closest <laughs> Hilton property.
1: Speaking I, of maybe I should dress up as like a, a chunky, you know, those fat suits. And if they're following too thick or reckless, then we have them spin. Somewhere. Dude,
0: dude, that's
2: offensive. Dude,
0: check this out. No, we're too thick. We, no, people no, are wearing
2: a fat people. suit. You can't wear a fat suit. That's offensive. What
0: no, do you want me with wear? you? You were
1: just excited until Courtney just said that. No, it had
0: nothing to do with your dumbass thing. I stopped paying okay, attention. Okay, what were you going
1: to say? Dude. I lost dude, my
0: train of thought. Dude. I lost my train of thought. Yeah, he
1: was going to say something like it. The fat suit was a good idea. I no, it wasn't. It was I terrible.
0: Would've. That's why I cut you off.
2: So okay. here's the deal. So let's get back to Burbank. So the show was incredibly well run.
0: Ah, um, ah, that was it. Nope, it came back into my head. Time out. <laughs> As Courtney's walking the show, she's messaging me saying, like, the amount of people – outside of like the one or two people that you know our mom and our aunt who listened to like hype us up the amount of people who knew who we were was pretty badass
2: too thick i had people like i i had one guy stop me and be like i've been trying uh-huh. to get on the podcast i've been trying to get on the podcast and i'm like well i'm the producer
1: so yeah. i can help you with that exactly it
2: was really it was it was such a it was so much fun um i had like people like too thick so i was proud of you guys i'm like i'm super proud of them they're awesome they like Jerry. They're like I, am used to people knowing me because of my TikToks and Reckless and stuff. But they're like, "Oh, you were on, you were on that Too Thick podcast, right?" I'm like, "I was." Those guys
1: are so we do.
0: That's what we do over here, Dal. We create stars. You want to meet somebody? <laughs> you get on Too Thick. Yeah. Hey, and then she had some dude who knew you and was like trying to like, I know Manny. And Courtney's like, well, uh, I smashed the other dude. So I think I'm a little bit closer than you.
2: <laughs> he trying to flex because I have my too thick t-shirt on. He's like, oh, oh I'm, I'm boys with Manny. And I was like, oh, I'm like, that's cool. I'm like, Jeremy is my husband. And he's like, oh, well, you know, I'm boys with Manny. And I'm like, I have sex with Jeremy.
1: <laughs> Same so. with me. Same with me when you leave, so. You have sex
2: with Jeremy when I'm gone? That's weird. We're not going to say. Guy knows what
1: a guy likes. I, I have a question because uh, I, I actually called Jeremy on this um situation. I saw uh, Burbank go live, and they had, like, it looked like a big table in the middle, and they were buying everything. Yes. I wonder, how did the dealers feel? I know Jeremy answered this. No, 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 be honest. You no no. Called, he, you good me. You called
0: good me. Good he called me, and he is good pissed good. off. And he's like, wouldn't you be mad if you set up? they're buying, they're buying. He was angry. He's like, who would buy cards at a card show? And I said, and I said, dude, wouldn't you be happy if you're a dealer and people need to get liquid. So they have money to spend at your booth. And then it was like, he paused for a minute. The gerbil got back on the wheel. And he's like, that is a good idea. I'm sorry that I wasted your time with a phone call. Yeah.
1: (laughs) No, I was just curious on how people would feel. I guess if you have good pricing, the dealers don't care, but if you're, I'm used to, you know, Courtney, I'm used to. There are a
2: lot of people buying. That's the thing is there were yeah. just like, I'm used to going to the show and you see the kids and the people walking around, like, are you buying? Are you buying? And it was like people were almost fighting over who was going to buy everybody's cards. Like there, yeah. it was, people are paying strong. People are, you know, people at almost every table was buying and selling. So it was like, It was really nice to see because in like the last couple of years, you saw people like only wanting to sell and like only wanting to sell, only wanting to sell. And here it was more like cards were going back and forth, both ends of the table. Like you're seeing cash deals. You're seeing people be like really excited about being able to buy cards that they want. There was wax there that was affordable again. And it just, it felt more like the old days. It felt more like inclusive. It felt more accessible and, the show itself was just like there were a ton of tables there were a ton of people set up there was a lot of but it was comfortable like temperature wise it was not smelly someone asked what the most pre- prevalent smell was it was the the only thing that i can say was they had like a um like a cafe thing in the back where like they had snacks or whatever and the, the, like, the nachos were apparently like a huge hit and people loved them and they were walking around with these nachos well there was so much onion on them that it smelled like BO and I'm like Ugh! I could not stand that and every time I'd walk up to a table where somebody was like eating the nachos behind the table I'm like okay next table because I could not stand the way that they smelled I'm like I'm Jeremy like I'm over here like the food smell is making me not want to deal with this person Jeremy.
0: <laughs> but, but it I was- got a sense through social media and I was like, I I felt FOMO pretty hard. Like, we don't buy into breaks. I probably bought into, like, four breaks this weekend because I was like, <laughs> Courtney's off having a blast, and I'm like, man, I'm getting the itch. I'm getting the itch. But it made me think of uh, – do you remember when we'd go in Chicago a couple of years ago at National, and there would just be a line a mile long for people waiting to get to Mealy Pops because they heard Jamil was paying really good, paying really strong? I just got a sense that it was like that where – Everybody knew if you just came with some cards, you were going to get some cash. You were going to be able to move up and get into cards that you liked or cards that you can flip.
2: So on the on the converse of that, I did see online um, today while I was like just scrolling around people complaining because that's what people like to do. But one of the complaints that I was hearing um, a lot was that because everybody was buying and like so people would be standing at the table doing deals, selling to the dealer – um, people who were trying to buy at tables were like kind of like they couldn't get up to the table to like look at the cards and like the people the dealers were so busy buying cards from other people that they weren't like really servicing people coming up that were trying to buy from them and that was like frustrating um, for them and like half of me was like you should be happy to see everybody buying and selling like this is like is good and if you have to wait a couple minutes to like look at a case like. There's like seven other cases. Just walk on to the next one and come back. Like that's what I did when people were like clearly engaged with somebody else. But because there were so many people buying and selling, I think that um, that's something like uh, to think about. Because if you when we set up at shows, we have a spot that's like specifically like this is where we're buying. This is where, this is the line for buying. And then all the rest of the table is dedicated to selling. However, if you're a single dealer at a show where you have to fly in like Burbank and you have one table with like three cases and you're by yourself behind that table, there's only so much you can do. And I feel like people are just so entitled sometimes.
0: So I would say your your last point, 100%. If you're one person with one showcase, you are limited in what you can do. But I would also say, as you know, we talk about grading companies getting better and everybody, ele- the show is getting better vendors and dealers elevating up their game. The first time that we set up to the second time, to the fir- third time, to the fourth time, it's a constant evolution. It's never been the same thing ever. It's like, Hey, how can we streamline this? How can we make the cards readily available? And that was what we did when we came up with our own, Hey, let's just have a spot that's dedicated to buying that way. It doesn't impact any of the deals. Yep. So, and that I mean, is, it people, is important.
2: It is. And I, people are impatient. So.
0: Yeah.
1: What, what, so I, I do want to ask, cause you guys, you, you said you're going there to buy. How many cards did you end up with? And could you, do you want to share what you bought? Not yet.
2: Oh, we're not. Okay. So I, I, I bought two big cards, two, two big, two big cards. I spent quite a bit of money and then I bought a box of wax. Um, And that was it. And I graded some cards and that was what I did while I was there. But the two cards that I got are like awesome and I'm super excited for them. And I spent all day kind of going around making this decision. And I, um, and I feel like I did good. Um, And as far as the wax, that was sort of an impulse buy, but I'm not mad at
0: it. So actually Courtney, so two points. One, she bought three cards. There was a Patrick Williams gold on ebay and we already have two of them (laughs) this is the third one and it was the middle of the day and i had just bought into a few case breaks and i was like probably spending more than i wanted to but you know i treated myself because one the house wasn't burnt down and i got dressed the things that courtney said i wasn't capable of doing in her absence i'll do it all the time so anyway i'm looking and i put in a bid at like five seconds and i'm like it was ending at a goofy time so i thought there's a chance i could steal it sneaky low and low. and it correct and it went by and it's like oh shit I got outbid oh well no big deal and then like a couple minutes later my eBay refresh and it's like congratulations you won this card I'm like I definitely didn't bid that number mm-hmm. so nothing goes by and I'm like so today it's like you know we're shipping stuff from eBay and I'm like hey by the way good job on that Patrick Williams and Courtney's like oh I thought maybe you fell asleep so I just want to make sure we won it so she's oh, she bid you she's in Burbank. At a show, we flew out so she could buy cards on eBay. And Just I was like, like I have we're the same team, dude, but I I've never been well, so in love. No, I was <laughs> I was gonna lose it. My bid wouldn't have been oh, high enough. Okay. <laughs> I put it, I put in my max bid, and it was kind of like a half ass because we already have oh, two I of see. them. Okay. We already have two of them. And so I was like, okay, we didn't win it. Nobody I would have loved to have had it, but and then all of a sudden it's like we won. And I was like, I didn't bid that. And so, yeah, she was just like, I thought, I thought you fell asleep, so I went and had to take care of it.
2: So yeah. I, had, I had bought this box of Pixar cards, and I was flying a little high because when we were at the show, this kid who was like, they're from Jap- Japan. They're the Weir Schwartz or something. I, I literally don't know anything about it. This kid was like hyping them up. The people I was with were all like gung-ho about these cards. He had the, like, little Lu- Luxo lamp, and he's like, yep. this is, like, the most valuable card. If you pull this, like, this is the Chase or whatever. So I bought the box of wax. and We go back to the hotel, and we're drinking several drinks, and we start ripping. So I'm with uh, Lauren from The Mint, uh, uh, Sharon uh, from Black Jaded Wolf, myself. The three of us bought these boxes, right? So we're ripping the boxes. And then there was some, like, there was, a, a, like, a lot of, all the people from eBay were sitting with us. Um These two other ladies that I didn't, I didn't, I feel terrible because they were so nice, but I did not get to know them very well. Uh, uh, the lady who is in charge of the media from Beckett was with us. And so we're all kind of sitting there, and we're opening these cards. And I'm, like, I'm, like, you know, and I'm telling them, I'm, like, I never get anything good. And I open like my fourth pack and I go two in and I pull the rare rare of the the lamp. Mm -hmm. It's like it's got the stars, it's sparkly. I was just told that this card was like the best card that you can pull. I literally jump up and scream, "Ah!" I'm like, I'm like, look at my card. Everybody in the place is like all from the show. So they're like, what did you pull? So I'm like running and none of them know shit about these cards any more than I know. I was just told that this was the best card. So I'm like. And they're all like yeah everybody's yelling and like super excited it was you would have thought i won a million dollars and i'm like and then later i look and it's it's a good card it wasn't the best card so like in that moment i was like i just pulled a six thousand dollar card this is the best day of my life And and then and then i get the notification that the patrick williams gold is ending i'm like i'm fucking winning this too like that was it. <laughs> that was my that was where my headspace is at. So.
0: so she calls me and it's like two o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, oh shit, something's wrong. And she's like, no, I'm just inebriated. I just pulled the biggest card ever of this thing that I know nothing about. So she's like, I'll, I'll send a pic. And she wakes me up. So I'm in bed. I've got my daughter next to me. And I'm like, okay. And then I can hear people in the background. It's a big card. It's a big card. And I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. This is why we go to California. I have already spent that money. I went from being... You know, mouth open, a little bit of drool, you know, and I am, like, spending money. I'm
2: telling you, everyone around me was, like, yelling, and I was, like, convinced that I'm, like, I'm going to be a millionaire from this fucking Pixar card. So she's, she's, like, and
0: she's, like, I'll send you a picture. Like, 12 minutes goes by at, like, 3 o'clock in the morning, 2, 3 o'clock, and no picture, and I'm kind of, like. Were
2: buying me drinks, and we were cheering. So
0: are you not sending me a picture? And so then she sends me a picture, and then I'm like full blown, wide awake, need to research this card, need to understand. Hey, because I'm going off of what I'm hearing in the background in court, being like, this is the most expensive card. <laughs> okay, maybe, maybe that's an exaggeration. I was not that bad. So, I, I
2: have it on video, so I was not that bad. So
0: I, I tell, so I'm like, I'm texting her, I'm like, if this is even remotely true, looks like you're staying another day. Have fun. We'll go get an express grade, we'll flip that beach, and we're fucking paid. Yeah. So then I did like some research and I'm like, I don't think we can retire yet. Please send me all this. I went to I went to Twitter and then everybody started coming in and rallying to to support me. And it's a dope card. Not retirement card though. Not retirement. And when you're looking up Japan Japanese cards of pictures of lamp. I Know a lot about trading cards, I did not know a lot about this one, so I was like, <laughs> This is so then 4 five o'clock in the morning, and I'm like, Okay, I'm tired, I can go back to bed. And I'm like, Daddy, you make breakfast? I'm like, I'm with Courtney,
1: <laughs> this is why I love you guys because you guys are getting into that TCG world. You guys are Courtney's ribbon boxes, she has no idea, Jeremy bought a dragon ball z card he has no idea what to that be clear,
2: is the My pixar flavor. cards i knew all the characters like just, yeah i just, felt like i felt like okay so i did hit like a super rare like a super super rare like like the pxr or whatever is like yeah. the most rare out of the box but it was like a shitty character so i'm like fuck man like uh it was character. you know you know um you know cars right the movie yep. cars with lightning mcqueen you know, like, the little Italian guy that, like, has the co- the tire shop? Yep. You know, the little blue guy that works yeah. for that guy? That's who I good. hit. Yeah. <laughs> He's, like, called Treadmaster is, like, his name. That dude's I funny. I even, he is funny, but nobody's fucking paying no. Cooine for that card. I'm like, why Probably. couldn't I got Lightning McQueen? Like, that would have been dope.
1: Yeah. Well, Jeremy and I are going to go in cases and buy some TCG cards coming up, so – you're going to we're going to have to have you open it after some drinks. So then we think we're millionaires for like 10 I'm minutes. telling
2: you, it was it was a blast. And, you know, it's the atmosphere. You go to shows like Burbank because everyone is excited to be there. It's not like these small shows where people are like miserable and, you know, like it's the same cars. I saw cars. I saw a Harambe PSA 10, which is, that's like Pop 18 card. Did you know that it's a Pop 18 card? They sell all day between four and 4:50. This kid was selling it for 275. I'm like, this is a play. Like, I'm gonna buy this card. I'm gonna sell it on eBay for 400. Jeremy's like, you're not. Do not buy the horizon.
1: You could have went to Cincinnati and made someone happy. One of your workers happy.
0: <laughs> we 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 cherish grimace in our household. That's an inside joke that there's not enough hours in the day to explain. But Gartney knows why she can't buy it.
2: No, I know. So I didn't, but I wanted to really
0: badly. (laughs) I will tell you though, the, the, you said youthful. And I thought that was a very good way to describe the show. This legitimately seems like the hip show. Like you have to be there. And I have, I have wanted to be at Dallas. There's been pictures of trade nights and stuff going on deals flying where I'm like, man, that would be sweet. This show. I'm like, okay, the next one's in August. I believe I won't miss that one.
2: It was – and trade night was super well done. They need a bigger space, though, for trade night. I feel like every trade night, that's, like, the takeaway Um, after – every trade night is, like, it should be a bigger space. Like, it it needs to be more space. There's, like, not enough room. It's too crowded. And, you know, at a show like Burbank, they're doing content. So you have the people running – the front end, being like, hey, you need to move out of this aisle. We're trying to film content. And then there's already not enough space for trading that it made it, like, I, I'm i old compared to, like, the demographic in that place. And... Um, so I'm like sitting there and I'm feeling very claustrophobic because it's too crowded. I can't walk around. I can't fit in. But I'm watching like these like 20-year-old guys walk up and buy cards from one guy and then walk across the room and sell them to another guy. And they're making like five, 10, 20 bucks a pop. But they do it over and over and over and over. And so they'll come up, hey, I'll I'll you know, they negotiate, negotiate, negotiate. They're paying like twenty, you know, like I'll pay you eighty dollars for this and then they go across the room and they sell it for a hundred and then they come back and they buy You know, another card for 120 and they go over and they sell it for like 130. And they're, and you do that like a bunch of times. These guys are leaving with like hundreds of dollars more than what they started with. And they're just, they're basically facilitating trades between like someone like me who's not going to get up and walk around the show or around trade night because it's too crowded. And like they're, they're like runners basically. And they're making like a, you know, 10, 20 bucks here and there doing that. And I was like, that's so smart. Like if I had the wherewithal to do that, I would do it. But you have to like negotiate with both people because you're like they're trying to buy it as low as they can and then sell it for the very most that they can to somebody else across the realm.
1: Well, I, think, I almost said bring I almost said bring Steven to do this, but Amelia would probably be the better. We need to have Amelia at trade night basically doing that for you guys. Yep.
0: Yeah. Amelia's a gangster.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Amelia is a gangster. Yeah. <laughs> Absolute freaking gangster um and that's why like i stress to manny and and i i i know that that's a like not easy for everybody the more you can talk to people and i actually find talking to people to be very difficult most times but the more you can talk to them and conversate you have an idea of what to do with what and so i actually think like as we concluded the show or you concluded the show spending that day seeing as much as you did and talking as much as you did that you had like three plays the next day you were going to go with, right? And you exhausted all of them. And ultimately, we feel like you made the best deal possible for us. But had you just jumped in and made the first deal, you probably don't talk to those people and you probably miss out on having somebody else. So I'm just, I'm a big proponent of talking to people and seeing who's buying what, what's doing that. And I was so slick, Manny. I could look at a table. Courtney'd send me a picture. I'm like, don't even waste your time here
1: because of the prices yeah see you're you're good at that you're really good at that um the more the more you go to card shows the better you get i'm starting like when i first met you guys i was a beginner and i didn't know what to do and i'm starting to get the hang of it a little bit um courtney you said football and i see how mary's saying this but was there any like hype on any like players that were traded in the show where people oh talk- yeah
2: Oh yeah, with, with all the trades going on. Yeah. It was basketball. That's what everybody was buying because they were all like, This guy's, you know, this team's gonna be good, KD, you know, that's all right. that. It was really it was a lot because of the of the trades that had just gone down. Um, people like were speculating like what team's gonna be good, what team's gonna do this, what player is gonna, you know, have more time and shine more now that they're on a different team. And that made like, you know, um, I think that's why like I, Jeremy doesn't apparently want to tell what card I bought, but his team now I think is going to be better. And I and hit, like so his cards were selling, and it's just it it was a lot of basketball. I would say basketball was what everyone was super excited about. And then you know obviously the the Super Bowl, everyone was trying to sell yeah. their Hertz and their you know Mahomes cards because it, here's the thing: if you don't sell them by Saturday, that's it like you're you, this is the peak of what all you're gonna get for those cars
1: yeah. I was just curious because we have three big shows kind of the next three weekends of what people were were looking for because we have
2: it was everything yes. it was everything yeah. I'm telling you it was like there wasn't like one thing where people were
0: are you crying Are you getting ready to cry? no. Well, I thought you were gonna cry—just tears of joy. Oh, I was it's just happy. like, the hobby
2: is alive, It's alive, <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm so happy. I just, I cannot express how amazing it was to watch everybody just buying all their cars.
0: So when me and Courtney were talking Friday, it was like it was Devin Booker, Luca. Yep. You know, like you know who the Your guys. players are. Guys. Yeah,
2: yeah. It was, it was, it, but the thing is, is there was so much, and baseball. A lot of people were like getting excited about baseball because here we are, we're getting in, you know, as soon as Sunday's over, it's baseball season. So baseball was another one, you know, people were looking for prospects. They were looking to try and get things still before it got too hyped. So I was seeing a lot of people uh, like really excited about like young baseball prospects as well.
0: So like that. one thing, this is my last question for you, Court. You are the queen of shows. You have to take one thing from Burbank and implement it at other shows across the nation. What thing did you did do, Burbank do really really well that you'd like to see at other shows?
2: They Okay, so what they I'll tell you what they did really well and what I think that they need to fix. So what they did really well was I was sick. trying to
0: keep it positive and Courtney can't wait to just shit all over No, somebody. I'm not it's
2: it's not shitting because actually I talked to Rob and he was like Anyway. So <laughs> we were so what they did really well was spacing like you were not crowded there is room for like everybody the temperature was good it was it was laid out nicely you could find what you were looking for to a point this is what they didn't do well because it's such a big show you like the table numbers like half the people had numbers where you could see where they were and the other half didn't So I'm like, I I was looking for a rare edition. They're like, we're in B35. And like, there's no overhead things telling you what row you're in. And so I'd ask someone like, what row is this? And they're like, I, I'm like, okay, so I need to go that way. But if, if you like, there was no, there wasn't enough like direction as to where the tables were. But the map that they gave you would like, it had like PSA here and Beckett here. So if the person circled their table. You could, like, count it. the rows and find it. But if you didn't know and, and someone's just like, oh, this is my table number, you would never find them. You would never find them. It was really difficult. But the, the show overwhelmingly was amazing. Like, best, best card show that I've been to, I think. And, I'm, and I mean that, like, respectfully of the other card shows. There was just more space. It was, like, I did not feel crowded. I felt comfortable. The temperature was good the whole time. Like, people didn't feel crammed in there together. And um, it was it was very, the the production value of that was really good. And I think more shows moving forward are going to have to do that or they're going to die. Like, you're not going to, like, it, you start to set that as, like, the, the precedent. And I think the Mint kind of started that with, like, having that expectation of, like, this is an event, not just a card show. And having, you know, space and sponsors and tape and like everybody's like really excited to be there and they're doing giveaways and they're having kids events and they're doing, you know, live like breaks and everything is just very interactive. And I feel like that's going to be something that like bigger shows if they're not pulling out the stops like that. They're just not going to be as successful, and, and that and Burbank that show people were calling it the West Coast National, and they were one thousand percent correct with that.
1: I love it. So the next one's in August. So that Monday, I'm just going to have to beg Jeremy to go. Is
0: that what? And I he'll fly to...
2: you out. You just be yet to be pretty. So okay,
0: I'll be <laughs> up. I just you know one thing that I think from an outsider's perspective was them actually, as the people putting on the show, set up buying. And I'm looking at it just through the lens of going, and I like activity. I like to buy, sell, trade. Do you know how refreshing that would be? Like, hey, man, I'm strapped for cash, but I got a few cards, and I know for sure I'm going to be able to get liquid and have an opportunity to to make some moves. I think that's awesome. And I saw that, Manny, if you remember the show we did, the Avery show where we just walked it for a few hours. There was some guy who came up from Lake Louisville, like – 10 hillbillies and they took like 10 tables and the guy operates out of his house doesn't have a card shop and I mean there was slabs everywhere he also dealt in like precious metals like he sold a lot of gold but he was buying and that stretch of 10 tables was like stimulating the show because people were going going right there getting cash and spending it elsewhere and I, I remember talking with Dennis saying like hey these people are good for your show because majority of these people aren't here buying 5 and 10,000 dollar cards. If this guy wants to scoop it up and give liquidity to the people so they can go get in the game, this is spectacular. So seeing the show itself putting it on, man. Yeah, and we've got friends who are like introverted or maybe not as sociable or don't you know it's intimidating to walk up to a table and be like, "Would you buy my cards?" There's the fear of rejection. There's the awkwardness of the conversation. To know that there's a dedicated spot where people you just wait your turn, they look at it and they give you a number. How refreshing is that for a show?
2: It was. It, it like and again, most of the tables were buying at this show. That was something. But you you for sure could go to Burbank and sell your cards. So that was it. Was nice. I'm I'm telling you. I like. I was really impressed they're like top to bottom there wasn't there wasn't really anything to complain. like i feel like i was if i had to be like oh what don't you like it was like very minor like you had like you're like you're reaching for something to say like oh this could be done better but yeah really it was just and that was just my frustration because i'm like trying to find stuff I'm like i want to look at this table i want to look at this one and i couldn't find what i was looking for beyond that nothing
0: no complaints think of atlantic city those, they had the overhead things and that was still a pain in the ass. So people are just like, I'm in the breakers pavilion. Or do you see the whatnot balloon? Do you yeah. know how many people refer to like the whatnot balloon?
2: The whatnot the balloon. Yeah. 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 No, it's true. Um, and it was so funny because it got to the point where we started, we were walking around so much and talking to everyone that we'd be like, do you know where you bought that one card from that one guy? I'm like two rows over, you know, the guy with the putting green, I'm three rows from that, like two tables back. Uh, if you go over where, like, we just saw those robots, like, dancing, two tables over. And it was, like, because you're, there's so much space and you had so much room to move around and get from table to table. I Like, I get lost very easily. I don't know if, like, you you probably wouldn't know that about me because I'm very put together. But, like, I get, I'm, like, directionally challenged. It's so it's um <laughs> So, for me, like, my, the fact that I could, like, find a table and, like, repeatedly go back to that same table and not get lost on my way there it was impressive <laughs> considering they didn't have like the numbers above me.
0: All right. All right. So <laughs> being true. So this is going to be good for short-term yucks. This is going to make for bad when we turn off the microphone. Um, Courtney just got done saying she's put together the day she was flying home at four in the morning. She called me and she's like, I'm at the wrong terminal. That wasn't
2: my fault. That was not my fucking fault. Be, be fucking for real right now. That was not my fault. I, I signed up the night before for a shuttle from the airport. I come down there. It's 4 in the morning. I was the first one down there. I had my bags all packed. I'm sitting there waiting. Two other sets of people come down, and we're all going to different terminals. I'm at Southwest. One was at United, and one was at American Airlines. So the whole ride over, I'm talking about sports cards and cards with all of these people, and they're all like, oh, I had no idea. And so I'm regaling them with tales of, you know, Mike Trout, one of ones, and TCG cards to which the kid who was driving was like super engaged talking about um, Magic the Gathering and he- he's got a Black Lotus. I'm like, why the fuck are you driving a bus to the airport if you have like a $10,000 card just chilling at your house? But um anyway, so he's like, okay, we're here. So he pulls up to the terminal and he's like, it's your turn to get out to me. I have been, I landed at this airport and then I went to, I, I don't know where the arrival fucking terminals are. He, it's his job to drive me to the fucking terminal. So I get out he gives me my bag. I walk in and I'm like looking around and here's, and there's United. And I'm like, this fucking kid dropped me off at the wrong terminal. And now those old people who were supposed to go to United are going to Southwest for fucking sure. And I am like, so I, there's nobody working. It's four of them where everything's closed. So I find some security lady who, like, did not want to speak to me. And I'm like, hi. Um, I'm like, my airport shuttle dropped me off at the wrong terminal. And she's like, well, you're going to have to walk. It's, it's like, a half mile away. You have to go outside and walk. So I'm like, awesome. So I'm, like, running, running from my terminal to the other one, or this terminal to where I'm supposed to be. I... As I'm running, all of a sudden I, see, like, I hear a, like honking and it's like the, the airport shuttle bus. Not the one from my hotel who realized that he's a dumb fuck, but like the actual airport shuttle. And he's like, he get I get on and I get over there. And then I get to Southwest and their shit's not even open. I, my flight is at 545 AM. I'm supposed to be, you know, like boarding at 515. And the Southwest gate isn't even open. They don't even have anyone there like taking bags. There's a line, I have a picture, there's a line of, like, a hundred people waiting. And, and, and then I, like, I get up, I get up to the thing, and the guy behind me was also on my thing. There are, like, these hippie, like, fucking smelly-ass pothead guys. There's, like, eight of them. And they're, like, trying to check fucking cardboard boxes that are taped. That's what they're flying, that's their luggage. And they have, like, 20 of them. And they're cutting in line and they all like smell. And I'm like, what the fuck is even happening? So I, I'm like, I have 10 minutes to get through security and get to my gate or I'm going to miss my flight. And I'm like, how can they like do this?
1: How? Are God
0: you like- bless Courtney though. Because in the middle of all of this, she made sure to call me and share her plight, her hardship that she's facing with me.
2: <laughs> I didn't call him. I was texting him.
0: <laughs> oh, you, you called him. You called, and you mf this driver up and down. Then proceeded to running. get, then, then is the minute she gets on the plane, proceeds to just berate me with messages about how Southwest Wi-Fi sucks. But you haven't even taken off yet, Court. It's 5, 5, 15 in the morning, man. Go to bed. I had Go a, a
2: four-hour flight and no Wi-Fi. I'm like, this fucking sucks. D-book. And then, and then D-book. I had a, and then I had to sit with like two other people, and all my other flights, I didn't. I got my own seat. And this time I had to, it, was like crowded. I'm like sitting here, I have no Wi Fi. I'm like, I got people sitting next to me. At least I didn't have a starer guy on the way back. Well,
0: but this is great because you and me are both similar to this. Why didn't you sleep?
2: Because my mouth would kept hanging open while I was sleeping, and I couldn't. <laughs> I like. I was so tired, all I wanted to do was fall asleep. But like, I can't like fall asleep knowing that my mouth is gonna hang open because I like I would start to doze off. I'd be like, and I feel my mouth opening. I'm like, and I nope. sit up. The guy next to me, he was so smart. He had a mask. I'm like, I should have bought a mask. I'm like, I should have bought a mask because then when I close, you know, like if you fall asleep and your mouth is open, nobody knows because you got a mask <laughs> on. But I didn't. And so then I couldn't sleep because I didn't want people to like. I didn't want to snore. I didn't want to like. Jewel and I didn't want my mouth to be open in public where somebody could see inside of my mouth because that's in, it's just offensive. I don't like when people like lay next to me with their mouth open that I don't know, like gross. This Put is so together. awesome.
0: <laughs> like three weeks ago, before we went to Atlanta, Courtney's just like, "Oh, you should just book me on Spirit." I just, I don't care. It's just to yeah, yeah. get me on there. And in two trips, Not. she is like. If it is not Delta first class, <laughs> miss me with that ish.
2: I upgraded myself this time again.
0: <laughs> Kaylee, Kaylee said
1: uh, for Mint, she was like, "Did they get their flights? Maybe Jeremy will upgrade you <laughs> to first class with them."
0: No, you need to earn it, man. If I just, if I just, if, if mom and dad just reward you with everything, you'll never appreciate anything
1: so i gotta sit back with the common folks while you guys have wi-fi we'll be on the same plane i'll be in the back
0: let me tell you so court, court will have a couple of proseccos and take a nice nap
2: i yeah. i like i'm so glad that i went to this show um i i cannot i like honestly say enough good things it was um it made it made like being at a show like that where everybody was just like overwhelmingly positive and happy and excited to be there and you're watching sales you're watching people buy you're watching people trade you're you're just seeing like like really people being involved it it it, like it revitalizes you it makes you feel like it makes you feel like you know that no matter like the negative stuff that you see and I don't want to be like oh like super ultra positive people but like it made me feel like like everyone who's like, oh, the hobby's dead or this or that. Like I, like, I feel like that we, this should squash that. It is time for that narrative to just like go away. It's done. It's over. The hobby's not dead. It, the market corrected and the hobby is just as live as it always has been.
0: My last thing, and then I'll shut up and we can get out of here. The one thing that I, Courtney and I have a just an absolute incredible amount of appreciation for one another in the roles that we play for reckless cards because the things that she loves to do i'm perfectly fine not ever doing and the things that i prefer to do is not exactly her favorite thing so it's we're we're very fortunate that our skill sets are very complementary of of one another and what we identified for this show this is like a, a tag team show where we could just really make hay because like from a marketing perspective networking and then you know just just give me cash, get the hell out of my way and just leave me alone for a few hours and make, make some damage.
2: I did. I did say that. Like I told Jeremy, I would never give him crap ever again for not like making any kind of content at a show because I felt like I couldn't do both things. I couldn't be like looking at cards, doing the research I needed to do talking to the people specifically about the deals that I was making. Um, comping cards like how do you like record a deal on your phone while also comping the card on your phone it's impossible to do so i just i like i had a it, it did make me have a greater appreciation for jeremy and like what he does and um and so again never again will i give him crap but i i do have to say like this was a great show super well done i cannot compliment it enough it was it was a great show
0: we're very fortunate that we have an awesome producer that's willing to spend our paycheck to go out there and uh, have a couple of drinks and have some fun. Yep. Uh, before we get out of here, though, you've got a new pod dropping this week.
2: There's Tomorrow. a little bit of
0: buzz about it. I, I'm hearing about Wednesday. On the, the 15th. Yeah, Wednesday. Now, I will say in the future, for your show to have success, you need to know when it's going to actually be dropped. <laughs> it's, it's I can't Wednesday. tell you how many times I've corrected you, like last week. I know. Week.
2: <laughs> I know. like For whatever reason, I thought it was like a week sooner. Or like I was a week ahead of myself. So, my new pod, Dangerous Games, drops Wednesday, the 15th at 10 p.m. Um, the first, I was actually editing the first episode before I jumped on here. I'm very, very excited about it. Uh, I think it's going to be amazing. I do like maybe give us a little bit of time to, you know, get into our comfort zone because it's like a little nerve wracking when you're doing your your thing the first time but i feel like it's going to be really great i got um i did talk to a lot of people about it at burbank and i got a lot of positive feedback i think people are excited about it they're only 30 minute episodes so they're very easily consumed and not like it uh, boring or insanely long or anything like that
0: and that's you and mrs squirts me and mrs squirts, squirts me
2: and sarah my hobby bestie my like most favorite person we uh oh,
0: on a side note i bought a card from her we have to pay for that
2: On a side note, I already knew that. And I told her that I would make sure that you paid her for the card.
0: But I'm saying I already forgot to pay for it. So if you could pay her, that'd be great. This is real (laughs) life, man. This is how we do. We are on the breaking wax. I was buying cards. This is like, this is like pretty awesome. Like tonight when we lay in bed, we'll talk about like the card that we just bought or a deal that we just made. Like we are in this hobby.
2: I feel like we're lucky. I don't think a lot of people have like a partner that is as engrossed in and it doesn't not necessarily cards, just in general. Like the fact that we are both passionate about something that's the same thing is pretty cool. Courtney,
0: I'm passionate about making you happy.
2: Well, you do, baby. I love you. Oh jeez.
0: <laughs> that and, and that's how we created you, Manny. Yep.
2: <laughs> when mommy and daddy love each other.
0: Right? <laughs> well, I hope you guys my little <laughs> butt baby.
1: <laughs> <I enjoyed> this, <laughs> this episode. Make sure you tune in to Courtney's new podcast, Courtney and Sarah's. Smash the like. Smash the like. Smash the subscribe button. Follow their Instagram. And with that, we'll talk soon. Peace out, everyone.
2: Bye.